Hello everyone and welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending September 23rd, 2022. My name is Bei-Chen Lin and I have the pleasure of being joined by our Chief Investment Strategist, Eric Ristabin. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Bei-Chen? I'm doing great, Eric. Good. Thanks so much for coming in. So there are sort of three things that I wanted to get your perspective on. The first being the Federal Reserve, the second being what's going on in Europe, and then finally just looking at some of the economic data points as it relates to the housing market. So why don't we start with the Federal Reserve? It seems to be that 75 is everyone's favorite number these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not the loneliest number in the world. Uh, it, it is a popular number, and actually, it's kind of interesting if you, 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 like I was watching kind of the tape live on the announcement. And the initial reaction to the announcement was fascinating. Market actually went up. Um, market got exactly what they thought it was going to get, 75 basis points. And, and then kind of what I would think, what I, the way I'd phrase it is, and then he kept talking. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and one of the phrases that really caught my attention, I think, points to the dynamic that we think that I think that, that Jerome Powell is, is functioning on. Uh, I think he is he's very clearly viewing fighting this inflation dragon is kind of a, a, a crucible where he can either be remembered as Arthur Burns, the Fed chairman of the most of the early 70s, or Paul Volcker. Right. And, and it's pretty clear that he wants to be Paul Volcker. Right. He wants to be the guy that kills the inflation dragon. And, and, and it was interesting because the, the, the phrase that he uses, we will keep at it until we, we are confident that the job is done. Keeping at it is the title of Volcker's autobiography. <laughs> so I, I don't think that was accidental wording. Right. And, and what he's telling people either he's telling it explicitly and I think implicitly and things like that, that he is more than willing, if it's necessary, to put the economy into a recession to kill inflation. He's willing to do it. And, and he's looking at those jobs numbers, 315,000 jobs created last month in, a mar in an economy that clearly is, is slowing. And he's looking at the wage pressure, the Atlanta wage tracker at, you know, kind of 70 at 7 percent and saying, I, we got to keep going until we're seeing some relief in the job market and some cooling of the job market. And, and I think that really is what eventually spooks the market, right? Because that means if they keep doing that, they're going to keep slowing the economy and maybe they go too far and, and create a recession. And markets are now expecting that the Fed might have to take interest rates all the way up to four and a half or 4.6 percent. Yep. Well, and, and, and as you know, the dot points, right, that came out were at 4.4%, which is 4.25 to 4.5. And if we think about where we sit today at 3 to 3 and a quarter, that means another 125 basis points before the end of the year. And, and we think this cut, of this rate hike, rather, of 75 basis points clearly puts the, the Federal Reserve monetary policy into restrictive territory, solidly restrictive territory, which means we really think now monetary policy is fighting against the positive nature of the economy. And another 125 will mean it's fighting even more. And the challenge, as we all know, is it takes 15 to 18 months for you know, for all of this stuff to actually work its way through the real economy. So we're not going to know the answer for a while. And I think people need to be prepared for this tension between inflation and recession for a while longer. Speaking of challenges, let's jump across the Atlantic Ocean to Europe, where they face a plethora of different challenges. What's the latest over there in Europe? Well, Paul Eidelman, you know, a few weeks back talked about kind of our expectations that the, the energy price shock a lot of it due to the, the Russian-Ukraine situation, is probably going to be enough to force the Euro, European uh, um, sector into recession. 
Um, it, it, clearly, data slowing in Europe too. When you look at kind of where we were, you know, six months ago, and where we are today, it's slowing. And 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 I think it's important. It's kind of the same song, second verse, right? Uh, Isabel Schnabel, an executive board member for the ECB, said yesterday um, that it's clear we got to keep rising, ra raising rates um, in the face of even slowing economic data, right? It, it, it's very clear that the, the ECB, the Bank of England, the Bank of Canada, the, the Federal Reserve are all dedicated to the principle they have to kill inflation even if it means a recession. Definitely some challenges for them. And then finally, let's talk about economic data and perhaps something that's top of mind for many people is the housing market. And obviously the housing market is something we've written about extensively here at Russell Investments. We had put out a note back You've in June. You've written about it. <laughs> <laughs> so what can you tell us about the latest trends that we're seeing in the housing market these days? Well, housing market is interest rate sensitive, right? Mortgage rates have doubled. <laughs> so uh, mortgage applications are off 56%. Uh, housing permits are actually falling, new permits are falling. Um, starts actually, and we saw all that, to this, the NAHB, the National Association of Home Builders came out with their sentiment survey this, this month, ninth straight month that sentiment has, has degraded. It's at 46 and 50 is kind of the, the line of demarcation between poor and good environment for housing. So they're kind of in getting sol more solidly in the poor section. Uh, the only thing that was even remotely positive on housing was housing starts were up, but that's a lagging indicator, right? That means, you know, that, that just permits that were approved a while back are now actually people are starting. So I, I think what you have to look at it and say, yeah, there's headwinds um, to housing. And housing is a hugely important economic activity for the U.S. and, well, basically every country, but the U.S. in particular. And, and so, you know, that is something that we expect to continue. But I think people who are expecting a cataclysm of housing, uh, it's hard to see that, right? We're not in the same situation where we were in the global financial crisis. Going into the global financial crisis, there were two million homes that were clearly built that nobody should buy, even if they were allowed to buy them by poor, finance, poor banking standards, right? We had an overhang of supply. If, if you know anybody in real estate, and you, you know, for the last 10 years, basically, people, the real estate agents have been saying, our big problem is a lack of supply. So we don't have a supply overhang, but yeah, I, I expect some softness in prices. I, and certainly, you know, bidding wars are gonna, you know, either probably be a little bit thing of a pass, but I don't see this kind of cataclysmic step function down in housing prices. And that kind of, you wrote about that. You know, there are markets like Canada and Australia that you know, even though we've had our relative affordability uh, go down in the last, you know, nine months, Canada and Australia kind of chuckle and say, boy, your housing looks cheap relative to ours. Um, so it, it doesn't mean it has to end anytime soon. Certainly a lot to think about, Eric. Thank you so much for stopping by and sharing your perspective with us. And to our viewers, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.